Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 112. Hello, how you doing? It is day 773 of my quarantine pandemic. Sorry about that, I just moved the mic. Uh, I think this quarantine pandemic is maybe coming to uh, another pause? Ending? Question mark? Doubt it'll be the last time I quarantine. Um, But maybe it'll end. I, I, I planned a couple trips. It's pretty exciting. I planned a two-week trip to Boston and Salem, Massachusetts, half and half, week in each, uh, but, you know, moving around throughout the New England area, seeing everybody I need to see, uh, going to a wedding probably, maybe, um, I'm going to see my friend Andy Shea's grave and drop off this rock that I've had that I'm supposed to leave on his grave, I've had it for Almost two years it'll be by that point, so that needs to get done. Uh, Have a good cry about Andy and missing Andy. Um, Yeah, spend some time with my friend Annie up in Salem, go down to Boston, see all my old friends. It should be really fun. I'm excited. And uh, I'm going to go to Boston much sooner than that in about two weeks. Um, I don't really know how that works. It's the 12th today. That'd be the 28th is next weekend. I don't know. I don't really get that. Uh, let's take a look. Ooh, 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 three weekends from now, I guess. April 1st for the Brian Jonestown Massacre and Mercury Rev at a new club called Roan Runner that I have never been to. It opened since I've left, but I'm excited about that as well. Um, yeah, and then I got to start figuring out when I'm going to go to Alaska. See my mother and bring Jane up. I don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe June, maybe July, maybe August. We will see. We will see. And of course, I got to pop over to New York. And then once I get those three out of the way, maybe the world will be back to the normal. And then in the fall, I can hit, you know, California and Austin. And finally, I'll have seen most of my friends again in the, the next three years. Maybe even Seattle. I don't know. There's so many places I miss. It's tough. Uh, anyway, yeah, things are going well. I went to a rock show. I went to see uh, Deaf Heaven, but more excitingly, it was the opener, Holy Fawn, who I had not heard, but the night before I was, or the night of the show, I was sort of on the fence about going still, and my friend Bill emailed, or t- yeah, emailed, and he was like, you should totally go see this show, because Holy Fawn is like the greatest live band, you'll love them, and he was totally right, they were awesome, it's really exciting, it's a cat's cradle, uh, we went there once, during the pandemic and another lull to see the psychedelic furs. It is still, it was then, it's probably not now, uh, all mask required, uh, still checking vax cards at the door. So I felt pretty safe. I think a lot of that is ending now. Uh, but you know, I mean, the, the, the positivity rate in North Carolina is, and testing is down to 3%. Uh, the hospitalizations are down to almost the new low. Uh, it's, it's a lot better, Uh, but on the other hand, you know, 20 new cases in my County last week, uh, yesterday, not last week. So, yeah, I mean, if you know, the world doesn't care if I keep wearing my mask, plural, I'll, I'll keep going places soon. I guess I just really wish that Jane could get a vaccine, man. It really bums me out. It really bums me out. 
I'm not going to blame anyone. It's just unfortunate. Um, what else? Yeah, trip planning. Went to a show. Got a new. Got some new house batteries. Power was out for six hours the other day. I doubled up my off-grid power storage. Um, I have to leave my phone on because this guy that's work-related was like, "It's very time-sensitive. I need to talk to you this weekend." So. I told him I'd be here for the next hour because most of the weekend I'll be out in the the garden, even though it's freezing. So, sorry about the beeps. But, uh, yeah, we doubled our off-grid storage. got two more Tesla Powerwalls, and uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm into it. We need to get the inspection done. And Emma's got, we had to replace our new HVAC. Not our, <laughs> we had to get a new HVAC system, not replace it. The house has two zones. There's one for the basement and the first floor, and there's a smaller one for the, the second floor. We had to place the main one for the basement and the first floor. That was not cheap. These two things were not cheap. It was kind of a bummer, but we had been saving for them, and it was fine. Um, but a lot of work being done in the house. A lot of people tromping around in our, in our we call it the box room, the sort of utility room where all that stuff is stored. And, uh, you know, mildly stressful having all these people in your house, but it's it's the way the world works. It's time to just accept it again. I can do it, man. I can do it. I can't say I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm happy for other people, and uh, I'll get into it. But, you know, I, I was thinking, like, you know, maybe the uh, pandemic was a, com a convenient cover for a midlife crisis. And I was like, oh, I'm not having a midlife crisis. It's just a pandemic. It's not me. It's the world. And I kind of maybe liked that in a way, you know. And now I have to be like, oh, maybe it is me. <laughs> ah, You know, it's really hard. Once you start moving, it's inertia, right? Once you start moving, you like moving. Once you stay in one place, you like staying in one place. So it's just hard for me to make this transition. I will power through it. I wish the world was in a little bit better shape still before I did. Uh, but, you know, soon, I guess. Soon. Diet is working. It's going slow, but it's working. It takes like a week, maybe two to lose a pound. I'm down 29 pounds. Um... Yeah, you know, it's going okay. Uh, I'm on my third month of the 0 0.2 milligrams of Wagovi. You're supposed to do one month at 0.25, and then one month at 0.5, and then one month at 0.75, I think. And I've been doing three months at 0.25, and it's definitely like I don't feel it anymore. Like, in the first month, I was like, I'm not hungry. And my, my the amount of food I've consumed has gone way down. I don't... I don't eat it all between dinner and breakfast i fast 16 hours a day my all three meals well breakfast is about the same size but lunch and dinner are both noticeably smaller it you know so it's had an impact but i don't feel it the same way and i'm hungry more often again now and and um so i think in one more week i have one more shot of the 0 0.25 milligrams and then i go up to 0 0.5 and i should feel it again so i expect the weight loss to speed up again for that and i'm going to do that two months before i go up to the 0 0.75 and i feel like that's like the way to go because i'm not gaining still and it's you know it, it's helping but I'm, I'm trying to build habits here so i don't know i'm very scared that once i'm done with the 0.75 what do i do do i ramp back down do i go off of it i don't know what am i going to be like insanely hungry is this all going to fail that's what i'm thinking about now and it's, you know, making me nervous. Plus, I still want to lose, jeez, 30 pounds. And I'm, I'm not even halfway. I'm close to halfway. I guess I'm, I'm pretty close to halfway. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it. It's only mid-March, and I'm pretty close to halfway. Okay, well, I feel a little bit better. Maybe this is okay. Jane is doing well. She's, yeah, she's clomping around upstairs right now, so you can hear that. She's... She's had a few relapses on the the fits and tantrums in the last couple of weeks. It's been a little hard. By and large, she's been pretty good. 
Um, she had she had a play date last weekend. That, that went really well. So, you know, I'm definitely feeling really relieved that she can function around other kids when she sees them. Um, <laughs> we were out gardening this morning, and it's so cold. It's like, It was like 38 out there. And, and she, like, first she insisted she could go out without a, a hoodie. And I was just like, fine, come on, let's go. And she, so she's out there in a T-shirt, and she's like, I'm cold. And I was like, you want your hoodie? She's like, yes. I'm like, I told you. So we go back in, and we get her hoodie. We come back out, and she's like... <laughs> She's working. She's spreading mulch, and she like this window <laughs> gust of wind blows, and she's just like, "Nope, I'm going inside." And she just turned around and went inside. She didn't try to get me to go. She didn't like wait for me or anything. That's kind of new. She's just like, "Nope," and she just went inside. So I finished. I was like, I've been like filling the birdies' beds, right? Like so, you know, I set them up last winter, and I filled them like two thirds full so they wouldn't go anywhere. But each one has like it needs like three to five more wheelbarrow loads of dirt, along with the accompanying amendments, um, you know, perlite, worm castings, uh, blood meal, and uh, crab and lobster shell. I gotta put it all in, and then I mix it, and then I do it again and again. I do it three times over bed to get them to the top, and then I put the layer of mulch on. It's a ton of work. There's seven of these things, and it's just like, oh my god! I got three done. I'm hoping to get one more done this afternoon. After this, if I can get one done tomorrow morning, one done tomorrow afternoon, I will have one, be four, five, six done, and then I have one big one left, and then I can do that next weekend, and I will have them all done before you know. I've got one, two, three, four more weeks till I plant. Maybe three. You know, I'll be gone that week, so four. Um, last frost date here is like April 5th and that's the midweek. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get all this done and I still have to do this. Then I got to do some in-ground stuff. I got to do some more tilling. I got to put some dirt in the ground and a couple different places. I got to put it in all my planters. It's a lot still. It's a lot, but I, I guess I got three, two more weekends after this one. So we're in pretty good shape. We are, we're making it. If I can get one more birdie's bed done today, I'll be, I'll be feeling good. But yeah, she just, She's very loud. <laughs> Stomping around the kitchen up there. I like to do these Friday morning when she's over at Janet's house and Emma's asleep, so nobody's making any noise. But I did not have Friday off this week, so I could not do that. So you're just going to have to put up with it. Sorry about that. Oh, my God. We'll just pause for a moment. Okay, I think they're done. I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, right. I was finishing. The, I just finished the birdie's bed. She just went inside and I just left her in there. Emma was still asleep. And I finished the bed and went downstairs to find her. And she was just playing with her dollhouse. So I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on. Gardening is going pretty well in general. All my seeds are in the in growing in the garage. They're doing well. I'm, I'm pleased. I'm not using the heat, the space heater this year. I accidentally increased our electrical bill by like, I don't know, $60 a month last year by leaving a space heater on in the garage to keep the plants warm. It was a terrible idea. So this year I just didn't do it and I used a couple heating mats and some of them I didn't even use a heating mat on and it is working. They're not growing as fast, but they're growing. Um, so I got to thin those today. That'll be something. Oh, I got through birdies beds and they, I don't think I'm going to chip my potatoes this week. And I got to make my gardening video. I've been making the gardening videos again this year. If, if you are watching my YouTube, it's uh, it's going. I mean, there's not a lot happening yet. It's a lot of infrastructural work. Did some wood chipping, <laughs> some brush clearing. It's all very exciting stuff. 
And then, uh, you know, good morning, hello, how are you? The book is now out. It is out on Amazon in Kindle and in print, and you can buy it from rigweb.net. So if you haven't bought it, consider buying a copy. I'm very proud of it. I mean, it's really long, and you may already be reading this stuff on the daily email, so maybe you don't need to reread it in book form, but it makes a great keepsake of this horrible pandemic. Um, hey, it's really, it's really a dilemma, you know? I'm very proud of it. I'm proud it's done. I don't blame people for not wanting to read it. I think it'd be worth reading in five or 10 years. And I, I kind of like in my head, I'm going to reread it in like 2026 or 2027, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm terrible at marketing. I'm just happy the project's done. That was a really big project. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm almost done with the second one in the sense that this book ended almost uh, 10 months ago in the writing. And so, you know, I mean, I've been writing since then and uh, the pandemic's almost over. So I think we might get a volume two before the end of the pandemic. Maybe not. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I just want to go back to writing my ad book, but I don't have time. It's too hard with the job and the kid. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, that's what's going on in Chatham County, in my life, in the last two weeks. It's been pretty good. I had about a depression for like two days. Got a little existential about things. Came around, cheered up, planned some trips. That made me feel better. And uh, I'm I'm hanging in there, you know, I'm hanging in there. I wish I could have gone to South by Southwest. I'm a little sad I'm not there. But Omicron just took a little bit too long to clear up before South by. So next year I will go and I will go to Boston in April and that'll be something. And maybe I'll go to New York sometime in late April or early May. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And yeah, that's it. That's it. Let's move on to the media stuff. Uh, I added a bunch of stuff to Plex, uh, kind of, you know, I, not, nothing too exciting. Uh, Eternals is up there now, and Kundun, the Martin Scorsese film, because I am reading, just finished a book about Hollywood in China that we'll talk about in a little bit. Mank, uh, the last David Fincher film about the screenwriter, because he was mentioned in the book about China uh, when he was blacklisted for <laughs> one of the scripts he wrote. So I thought that was pretty interesting and I want to watch it now. I never watched it. Uh, the Suicide Squad, because, you know, why not? I guess we need to keep up on these things. <laughs> and uh, The Heartbreak Kid from 1972, which I've never seen, but I saw this article about how it was the rights were owned by Bristol Myers Squibb because of their quick, their short forte their short foray into Hollywood in the 80s, and now they own the rights, and they're not doing anything with them, and so you can't get this film. And I was reading this article. I was like, I bet it's on the torrents, and it was. <laughs> so I was like, well, I better grab that. So I grabbed it. Um, I don't know if I'll ever watch it. But those are up there if you're curious, if you are you know want to check out my plaques. Uh, I sold four things on Discogs. I sold an Air album, uh, Premier Symptoms. I sold the Magnetic Fields album, Love at the Bottom of the Sea, because that was, I owned two copies on vinyl, because when it came out, I bought two copies accidentally. Uh, ditto for Dead Can Dance's Aeon. I owned three copies of that, actually, the original 4AD pressing, and two copies of the reissue, which I do not need, so I'm selling both of those. So I sold one of those, and uh, Place to Bury Strangers pinned on CD, which I am a little sad about, because I love that album, but uh, maybe I'll get it on... Uh, how you say vinyl someday. Although I'm really starting to think I need to stop buying vinyl and maybe get rid of it all. I don't know. I I don't know, man. I'm having I'm having a complex. It's getting a little out of hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight
24 crates. Not milk crates, big 18-inch long crates of vinyl. It's ridiculous. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. If it was a shelf, it would be like hmm, 10 feet tall and 10 feet wide and 8 feet tall. Something like that. Yeah, it's really too many records. It's too many records. And I got a bunch more. (laughs) I got the Target special limited edition pink and baby blue vinyl of Taylor Swift's Lover because I did not own that album on vinyl because I didn't like it when it came out but I've changed my opinion it's a pretty good record uh from the same buyer who probably thinks I'm a lunatic I got Spectrum uh Pete Kember from Spaceman 3 Sonic Boom his band Spectrum's album Songs for Oldsley because I only had that ever on CD and I sold it and I wanted it uh (laughs) guy's probably like this dude's buying a Taylor Swift album and a Spectrum album okay uh I got Library of Sands, which is a solo album from one of the members of Bright Black Morning Light. And uh, the album is called Before Us, and it's awesome. Uh, I got a CD version, I'm sorry, a vinyl version of the Coil album, Stolen and Contaminated Songs, because it's actually pretty affordable. And I owned the CD and sold it for a mint, so I got the vinyl reissue. I got the Holy Fawn album. These guys I just saw last week opened for Death Heaven at Cat's Cradle. Hardcore, not hardcore, but well, a little, yeah, metal meets post-rock meets shoegaze. Uh, it's got it's got a few places where there's the, 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 the death metal whale on it. So, you know, it's pretty awesome. The album's called Death Spells. <laughs> I really liked it. I got two Saint Etienne albums, uh, Sound of Water, the sub-pop release from like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Still feels like a new Saint Etienne album. That's pretty weird. Uh, and I never loved it when it came out, but I really liked it upon this reissue or re-release. I saw I saw them a bunch on tour on that album. I think like three or four times. Some friends played with them once, and I saw them in. I think that's the tour that Og and I saw them at. Um, whatever that place is, <laughs> Irving Plaza, and I got to meet Sarah. That was great. Uh, anyway, and then I got uh, Sanitan Presents Pete Wiggs, How We Used to Live, the soundtrack, so that was great. And then the vinyl meme, please, release this month that I picked up was the Modest Mouse album, Lonesome Crowded West. I used to love early Modest Mouse. Me and my friend Nick, who were roommates at the time, used to listen to them all the time. And, uh, you know, I stopped listening to them or liking them really. I don't hate them or anything. I just sort of stopped after Moon in Antarctica. I didn't really like that album. Too many songs about Alaska. And I was in Alaska at the time, dating some girl, and I don't really like Alaska. I mean, I like it now that I don't live there, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I but that, that one in uh, This is a Long Driver, someone with nothing to think about, were two that I really loved. So I was excited to get that on vinyl. I did not own that on vinyl. Uh, the other one I already own on vinyl. Um, yeah, so that's what I got on vinyl in the last um, two weeks. So, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's like one piece of vinyl every two days. That's unsustainable. It's 150 new pieces a year. That's probably like two new crates a year, and I don't have any more room for any more of these crates, man. They're taking up my whole countertop. It's stressing me out. I could go like vertical shelf like other people, but I don't like that. I like being able to flip through the bins like you're at a record store. I might need to stop. It's getting to be a problem. I don't know. Tell me what I should do. Give me your opinion. 
anyway, didn't listen to a ton of albums this week either. I listened to the two new Holy Fawn albums, or the two Holy Fawn albums, Death Spells, the one I got, and then their first album, Realms, and they're both awesome. There's a Eleven Rockets tribute album out called no, uh, New Tales to Tell, Eleven Rockets tribute. Uh, I enjoyed that. There's a lot of good good covers of Eleven Rockets on there, and I really do love Eleven Rockets. Uh, Midwife Luminol, who is the opener opener of the uh, Holy Fawn Death heaven show there's two openers midwife was the first opener and it was like the solo woman with a guitar and it was kind of like post-rock metal with a woman with a really lot of effects on her voice it was really awesome so i listened to that album uh of love buds which i think was i remember liking i think it's shoegaze but i don't really remember it very well and then echo star sola which i never knew about but um Sam Valenti from Ghostly does a weekly playlist called Herb Sundays, and the one this week was from a former editor of Pitchfork, and it was a really good playlist and had a really a very accompanying, very sad story about his son. But um, on there was Echo Star. I was listening to the playlist, and I listened to the song. I was like, this sounds like Martha from Bowery Electric. And I looked, and I was like, Echo Star. I was like, I don't know anything about this man. So I looked it up, and I was like, oh, this is Martha from Bowery Electric's solo project. I did not know that existed. So I listened to that, and it's really good. Um, never came out on vinyl, though, so I guess I won't be buying it. Oh, here's the guy. I'll be right back. All right, that is done. Oh, so stressed. That guy just made me, told me I had to do a bunch of work this weekend. I will worry about that later after I do this podcast and I go fill a birdie's bed because I made a promise to myself I need to fill a birdie's bed. Okay, TV. Uh, We are still watching Star Trek Discovery and I still don't like it. It has gotten a little bit better or maybe I've just gotten a nerd to what I don't like about it. I am very bitter that Star Trek is always dark these days. It's like seven episodes, seven seasons of Next Generation didn't exist, and everybody just has to make the Federation evil or bad or in peril, or it's just uh, so tedious. And Discovery especially, you know, the good parts are very good, and there have been some seasons I've thought have been amazing, but like the, the bad parts are just so bad. Characters just, they're inconsistent, they don't grapple with the rather. I don't know, man. It bothers me. Uh, anyway, and then Star Trek Picard started, so I watched two episodes of that. It's pretty good. I mean, it still gets, suffers from dark, but at least they did it in a way that doesn't ruin the Federation. The Federation, as it stands right now in the Picard era, is actually doing really well, which is a nice change of pace. Um, but they cheat. They're like, the Federation's doing great, therefore it's boring, and we can't write about it. So we're, for season one, we're going to take you outside the Federation to this part of the world, the universe that is dark and gritty. And this season, we're going to take you into a parallel dimension that is dark and gritty. And at least they're not fucking with the Federation, so it's got that going on over Discovery, but, you know, it's still, like, dark and gritty. Oh, it's like nobody's going to learn anything from Loki and WandaVision. <laughs> uh, SNL, let's see. That was fun. Oscar Isaac, he was good. Charlie XCX, she was good. That was cool. They're still doing their thing. <laughs> I have not watched, watched more Raised by Wolves yet. I watched one episode and I liked it, and I intend to watch more of season two, but I haven't got around to it yet. We're watching Resident Alien. Alan Tudyk is a comic genius. That show is very fun. Enjoying season two. Uh, I tried to watch Euphoria, but it was just so dumb. I don't understand why people are watching it, aside from the boobs. I mean, there are obviously some spectacular boobs in that show, but they're just, it's just, it's got a lot of problems. <laughs> I mean, it has problems in being like depressing as fuck and the plot just being dark and like everybody being messed up. But like beyond that, I'm just like, this is dumb. It's dumb. I don't know. It just seems dumb to me. Uh, we watched some more curling. We watched the Paralympics curling. That was really cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't quite as gripping to me as regular curling, but I did really enjoy it, and I enjoyed the differences in the sport, and there's weird little, they have these, like, handles they use to push the stone and turn it, and there's no sweeping, so it's a lot harder because you can't steer the stone, which I thought that was really interesting. It really, it really educates you on how much the sweeping can accomplish, which is pretty awesome, you know? That's pretty cool. I'm into, I'm into Paralympics curling. Uh, the 30th anniversary of the first episode of the X-Files recently happened, so Em and I rewatched the first episode of the X-Files. Uh, it was... <laughs> They're just so cute and young. It's really great. It's actually not a bad episode, though. We started Our Flag Means Death, the new show with Reese Darby by Taika Waititi. It's got... Oh, I like Leslie Jones, Fred Armisen, and it's got a great cast. It's it's pretty fun. There's only like three, four episodes up on HBO so far, but uh, I'm enjoying it. It's it's half hour comedy. It's lighthearted. It it's a nice relief because it's not dark and gritty. Ugh, Jesus, dark and gritty, so tedious at this point. We have enough of that in the real world, man. Uh, and we started Severance on Apple TV new Adam Scott thing and it's really weird we watched two episodes I think and I'm really enjoying it it's very creepy and it's not dark and gritty uh but it's creepy so it's kind of clever it's uh and it's uh I have no idea what's going on which I really enjoy I feel very disoriented and unmoored and people say it was a little bit like devs but I don't think it's I mean it is I guess a little bit like devs but not tonally and not stylistically and honestly even the plot (laughs) maybe a little bit of the plot but uh but it's not dark and gritty. So I am enjoying that. We'll see some more of that. On the movie front, we watched West Side Story, Spielberg's new version. And uh, it was very, very well done. I had forgotten the ending. <laughs> I mean, I've watched the old the original film. Uh, I, I, you know, we did parts of West Side Story or maybe the whole thing in drama as a kid. Um, and in my head... It, I think I figured this out. In my head, I was like, well, it's not as bad as Romeo and Juliet. It's a Romeo and Juliet ripoff that isn't as bad. And that's what I remembered. And that's technically true because only one of them dies and not both of them. But in my head, I think I had chained that through the years to that it meant neither one of them was going to die and they put a happy ending on Romeo and Juliet, which I would vastly prefer at this point. Uh, but they didn't. And so that was a bummer. But I mean, just the cinematography was amazing. The, the the blocking, the dancing, the, the repositioning, reworking of things in there, the, the, the cast, it was very, very impressive. I mean, I was dubious that the world needed it, but I'm actually kind of glad, and I think it's pretty cool. Like, in, in terms of modernizing remakes so people in future generations can watch things, like, there's, like, a scale, right? Like, with the next generation Star Trek and X-Files, what they did is they just... Re- they they re-released it in HD because they had shot it in motion picture film. So it was with Star Trek and, and X-Files, I mean, they had to redo some of the special effects, but, you know, it's pretty easy to do. And so they've made those works available to future generations in a, in a high fidelity. And, you know, there's remake remakes, like let's remake the A-Team or, or Partridge Family. Partridge Family is a little bit different because it was so tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, um, I mean, Brady Bunch. You know, like uh, the way they do like the A-Team or something. That's like a different kind of remake. And this one's sort of like, a, you know, it's a remake and not a reboot. And it's a remake, so not a remaster. But it's so faithful to the original in the sense that if somebody's like, tell me about West Side Story, you'd feel comfortable giving them this version as as a canonical version, really. And I think that was smart. And I think it'd be good to do that with some more stuff, some some other older stuff that just make it a little bit more modernly accessible. So well done in that sense um 
for reasons that are crazy, I rewatched The Phantom Menace again. Oh my God, I don't know why. I do know why, actually, because Star Wars and Disney and Lucasfilm are doing a very good job making the prequels matter and they're improving upon them. For example, in the book of Boba Fett, the way he used the Naboo Starfighter, which I think is the thing, the specific thing that made me decide I needed to watch the prequels again. But you know, they're like not abandoning the prequels. They're working them in and they're improving upon them and they're, 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 they're weaving them into a larger canon where it works better. And, uh, it doesn't make the prequels good, but I had to go watch one to see that. And yeah, they're pretty painful. That being said, I'm still going to watch the rest of them and I'm slowly working my way through Attack of the Clones right now. And I regret it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and then last night we watched The Atom Project, uh, the new Ryan Reynolds film, and it was very good. It moves at a brisk pace. It is uplifting. It is only an hour and 46 minutes. The kid they got to play, young Ryan Reynolds is phenomenal, and I've never seen a child actor look so much and act so much like the person they're playing. It was just spooky, and it was amazingly well done, and it, it was solid all around. The fight scenes weren't too long. It had heart. It had romance. It made me happy. It was a solid, it was a solid film in the Spielbergian 80s tradition, the way that J.J. Abrams or... Ghostbusters Afterlife guy, Jason Reitman, wish they could do. <laughs> Books. I finished Red Carpet, Hollywood, China, and the Global Battle for Cultural Supremacy by Eric Schwartzel. And it was crazy. What a great book. Strong recommend. It's a history of China's interactions with Hollywood and how that plays into the changing dynamic in terms of Chinese foreign policy and the rivalry on the global stage with America and the there are so many crazy anecdotes in it. Just crazy shit. It has a whole chapter on the changing of the remake of Red Dawn, speaking of remakes, and how the, it came to pass that it was originally supposed to be the Chinese and they digitally re-edited it to be the North Koreans and made it into a totally stupid, stupid movie it's from something that was plausible and the rise of Chinese cinema now that they've stolen everything they need from Hollywood and uh, they make their own blockbusters now like Wolf Warrior 2 <laughs> look it up it's crazy and uh, the history of their investment in Hollywood as well as like uh, AMC theaters for example and like how much this Chinese company called Wanda made off of the meme stock craze um, actors and directors that are still doing huge things in China. Even though Rennie Harlan, for example, was in China making huge films while nobody remembered him in America. All they remembered him for was Cutthroat Island and the debacle of that. Just so much interesting stuff and how it plays into like their, their Silk Road policy and their foreign aid. And, you know, there's a chapter called Watching Crouching Tiger in Kenya about like subsidized satellite television in Kenya that serves as Chinese propaganda about their investment in railroads and trains and it's just fascinating. It was a fantastic book. It's not too quick of a read. I strongly recommend it. And I was, I was in a mood and I had read a review of this book, the future of capitalism by Paul Collier, I think in the financial times. And I was like, that sounds good. And I'm only two chapters in and so far I hate it. And I know it'll get better because the book is really two things in one. It is a, a survey of what's gone wrong with global politics, in which case his survey is completely bullshit and it pisses me off and he's wrong. And it's also poorly written and poorly edited. The man is incredibly accomplished economist. He's one of the most famous development economists in the world. And he is a brilliant man. I have no doubt, but a, he's out of his wheelhouse. B he's obviously achieved such brilliance that people feel reluctant to edit him and he does not encourage editing. So 
the first few chapters are borderline incomprehensible. But when you do get through and you figure out what he's talking about, he's also wrong. And his argument is like uh, from an eminent critique perspective is just falls apart. He's he's contradicting himself mid sentence multiple times. But that being said, he's effectively an avowed centrist rationalist that believes in doing common sense things that help people. And uh, although he said elsewhere in the introduction that that exact same perspective is wrong, it's crazy. But um, so the bulk of the book is supposedly going to be that. And the reason I picked it up is they had like interesting policy proposals like making bank aside a crime killing a bank off and and you know land tax and things like that sort of like interesting new policy ideas that could help us get out of income inequality and things like that so i'm i'm willing to put up with his poor analysis of the global political situation because i want to read about his policy recommendations because they sound interesting even if he's totally poorly writing about the current situation so we'll talk more about that book later but uh so far i'm unimpressed all right well this was a short one i'm very stressed about that phone call and I have to do some work this weekend and I really want to get these birdies beds filled now I'm a little overwhelmed with all I have to do this weekend so we're gonna move on I'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks I hope you're doing well thank you so much for listening pick up a copy of good morning hello how are you and I will talk soon take care